morning. Welcome to Gap Hill. Let's stand together. Have you come to bless the Lord? Lord, we lift you up in this place. We welcome the Holy Spirit to have your way. Let's bless the Lord together, church. Put our hands together. Here I am. I've come to find you. Here I am to see your grace. Oh, to bring to you an offering. I have to ask myself one thing. And how can I do anything but praise? I praise. And you, and you are God. You are Lord. You are all I'm living for. You are King of everything. I want to Oh, and you, you are God. You are Lord. You are all I'm living for. You are King of everything. I want my life to praise you. Thank you, Lord. Oh, and here I am. Life you changed. Oh, because you gave your life for me. Crucified your son for me. How can we do anything but praise the Lord, church? Give him honor. Give him glory. We praise you, Lord. I praise and you. You are God. You are Lord. You are all I'm living for. You are King of everything. I want my life to praise you. You are God. You are Lord. You are all I'm living for. You are King of everything. I want my life to praise you. One by Oh, let's see how 
here and um, the first one is simply that today is somebody's birthday that is um, works very closely with me I'm not going to give you any names here because that would just be wrong anybody want to guess does anybody want to guess his age no I'm just playing <laughs> it is Brian let's give Brian a hand clap today God bless you Brian happy birthday to you sir Let's pray for Sister Ada's family today. Gladys, um, Tracy passed away Thursday, went to be with the Lord. So we want to continue to remember this family in prayer. Uh, also, they'll be, I think they'll be laying her to rest Wednesday. Am I correct on that? Wednesday in Brevard, North Carolina. So we'll be in prayer for you on that day as well for this family. Also, continue prayers for the Baldwin family. Um, everyone that attends our church here, not only our, our family here, but also for their other siblings and family outside of our church. Let's pray for the Baldwin family that God would be with them. I also would like to announce that the, um, they did something really good at softball. And uh, the reason I say this is because Ronnie was a big softball fan, so he, he really supported them. He uh, let the refs know when they were doing wrong, all right? <laughs> Sounds a lot like me, nothing wrong with that, a little competition. 
But um, our boys went out there and they didn't win the main trophy, but they did win the most Christ-like. Now, I'm going to tell you all something, all right? In sports, that's a win. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, that is a win. Thank God I didn't play with them. I would have hated to put, it that, put that at jeopardy, you know. Just, but, uh, good job, guys. I, man, I honor you today for that. If you have your Bibles, let's go to Three Secrets for Success from a man by the name of Shamgar. Now, I've got a simple sermon today. I'm not going to hold you very long, only about an hour and a half, and, uh, and, and we'll, we'll let you out of here and you can go eat lunch. All right, Judges chapter 3, verse 31. I'm just going to read one verse to you today and keep it simple. After Ehud, Shamgar, the son of Anath, rescued Israel. Here we go. It's worth mentioning, I guess. He once killed 600 Philistines with an ox goat. I love that scripture. I just love it. After Ehud, Shamgar, son of Anath, rescued Israel, period. Then we added in, he once killed 600 Philistines with an ox goad. It never ceases to amaze me the way that God will pull a man or a woman out of complete obscurity and raise them up at some of the most critical points in human history to display his power and his love. I also want to make mention today before I get too carried away. Miss Sandra, it's so good to see you today. Can we give Sandra a hand? Like first time she's been with us since her surgery. So God bless you today. But it never ceases to amaze me how that God takes people out of obscurity. And what that means is he finds people that nobody else finds. He finds people that nobody else knows where they are. And then all of a sudden it's like, who is this guy? Who is this woman? Where did they come from? What's their name? What's their background? Do they have a PhD degree? What is the deal with this guy? But God, out of obscurity, raises up them to change history. Now, I want to show you just a few in the Bible. It's to display His power and His love. In one moment, with one act of courage or one discerning word, all of history stops and it pays attention. It looks forward at that moment because there's a shift in the atmosphere when God God brings somebody out of obscurity. I think of a shepherd boy by the name of David in the valley fighting Goliath. You may recall that story. King Saul's hid. He's scared to death. All of his leaders are hid. They're scared to fight this giant. But out of obscurity, where did David even come from? He come from the backside of a field being a shepherd boy. But God raised him up. He would be the one to kill Goliath with a stone and some sling. See what I'm telling you with a slingshot and with some stones. God raised him out of obscurity. If you'll recall when David was anointed to be the king over Israel if you'll recall with me what happened this is what God did. The Bible says that Jesse goes in and he goes to anoint one, of, one to be king of Jesse's sons he goes and prays over each one of them and then he says, God says this isn't the one this isn't the one. And when he finally gets to the end he asks this question. He says wait a minute is there anybody else that, that, that anybody in the kingdom that, anybody in your house that could possibly be the king over this kingdom? Where is he at? And he says well there is this boy now Named David, he's on the back side over there and he's tending to my sheep and he's taking care of them. Perhaps you want David to come. And yeah, bring David. And so when he brings David, he says, yes, that is the Lord's anointed. You've made a mistake because you've looked on the outward appearance, but God is looking on the heart. God raised a shepherd boy out of obscurity to be one of the greatest kings that Israel would ever have. Isn't God a wonderful God today to do that? Now watch this. Not only that, I think of, of Esther who came before the king. You recall her story. And Queen Esther came before the king. She's a nobody. She doesn't even have a family heritage. She's a nobody, but she dresses up, anoints herself fast, and goes before the king. And God raises her up in order to change history and to save Israel from, all, from old Haman. We talked about this a few weeks ago. And she rescues her people from evil Haman or they would have been dead I think about Mary when she learned one day that she would carry the king of the world Jesus Christ can any of you ladies imagine that I mean all of you that were pregnant now there was a time you carried little Bobby in your stomach and you talked to him and all of this kind of stuff but can you imagine if an angel came to you and said by the way Mary you are about to birth the king of the world 
Can y'all even imagine that? What would it be like to have Jesus literally living inside of you? You are the one that is going to raise up the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It was at that moment that a little girl named Mary, nobody knows about her. She doesn't have a long family history. But out of obscurity, God brings up Mary and says, Mary, you're going to carry the Messiah and He will save this world from their sins. God likes using people in obscurity. Moses was in the bulrush. You remember him. Let's just push him with the crocodiles in a little basket. And none of the crocodiles are going to eat him. Thank you, Jesus, that they did it. But it was at that moment that God was raising up a leader out of obscurity. Nobody knows who Moses is. But God would raise him up and he would be the one that would carry them across the Red Sea and all the way to the brink and the doors of Canaan land. God raised him out of nowhere, ladies and gentlemen, to do his work. I think of Paul on the fateful day when he met Jesus and God said, carry my message. Nobody knew him as Paul. Yes, they knew him as Saul, the persecutor, the church Christian killer, but nobody knew him as Paul, but God raised him up. I think of Peter after receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He preaches and literally thousands of people were saved after they were filled with the Holy Spirit. I think of a moment when history was changed when Jesus died and the veil was torn from heaven all the way to earth and now instead of going to a high priest, now we're able to go into the presence of God ourselves and call on Him any moment of the day day, night, it doesn't matter it doesn't matter when we're sick, when we're well, we can call on Jesus 24-7, 365 days a year. It changed History forever. There are so many times in history in the moment you can think about it when that stone was rolled away. Aren't you glad for that day? It changed history forever. See, another moment in time that I'm going to talk about today about this young man by the name of Shamgar is we don't have to look any further and we can find this man in the book of Judges. He is a classic example to us of what God can do with a simple nod or a simple wave of his hand. How many of you know that God's that powerful? It doesn't, listen, it can take me hours and hours to try to do something. God just speaks it into existence. Do you understand the God that you serve today? Do you understand it can take me hours and hours to put up a ceiling fan that's wanting to be aggravating? I will never forget, I was thinking about Wallace the other day, and I loved him dearly. And, and, and I was thinking the other day, old Wallace, one day, it was that back, I believe it was back there in the sound booth. And, and I decided I was going to pull that thing off and I was going to fix it. I know a little bit about electricity, folks. I really do, a little bit. Enough to hurt myself, but yeah, I ran some electricity at my house the other day, and it's doing good, thank you, and my house hasn't caught on fire, so yay, Jimmy. You don't have to clap, that's, that's a personal accolade, it's fine. Now, I, and I, I took that thing off, I'll never forget old Wallace coming in here and said, well, if you're going to take it apart, put it back together, I like that. But when I got in there, I was used to, well, there's going to be a hot, there's going to be a, a white, and then there's going to be a ground. You know what I'm saying? Just a normal three prop. Well, when you open one of these boxes, you got about 25 wires up in there, and I'm like, uh-uh, I am not touching that. Do you hear what I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen? And I thought about it, and I got to working on that thing, and I tried and tried. And finally, I said, I'm just going to have to call Wallace and just tell Wallace he's got to take care of this because I just can't do it. Shamgar is a prime example of this, that God can do something for you, ladies and gentlemen, with the nod of his head. He can do it with the wave of his hand. He can do it with the whisper of his voice. So quit struggling and quit fighting with all of your human strength and frailty trying to do something you're not capable of doing. Just give it to Jesus Christ and let God work through you and you'll accomplish some great things. Do you understand what I'm telling you today? Can you say amen? Now, now watch this. So, so there are three success secrets that I want to show you today that Shamgar represents to us. If we apply these timeless truths, I don't care what the task is. I don't care how hard of a situation or a crisis or how great the opposition or the adversity that we're dealing with. I'm telling you, you can and you will have victory if you apply these today. Now, Shamgar's a guy, he's lived over 3,000 years ago. He wasn't born yesterday. He's most likely a farmer by what we see about him in the scriptures, but yet he had saved the entire nation of Israel with what is known as an ox goad. Does anybody know what an ox goad is? Has anybody ever used an ox goad? If I would have brought an ox goad today and stabbed you with it, you would know what an ox goad was, all right? 
An ox goes about seven foot. It's what farmers use. They would use it with cattle. They would use it with oxen when they were plowing the field. And it has a sharp point on it. A sharp pointed object to which they will prod the animal. If the animal quits going and moving forward or plowing, then they just prod him with that ox goad. That little sharp point. And, and it will get that ox moving. This is what Shamgar would use that day. He does not have a 44 revolver. He does not have a 9mm. He does not have a sawed-off shotgun. All that he's got is a little stick, an ox goad, and it's got a little sharp piece of pointed metal on the end. That is what he has. The Bible actually says that this one man personally killed 600 Philistines in one day. Now to understand what the Philistines are, they would be what we would call a modern day terrorist. All right? They were murderous people. They would go through, they didn't care if it was children, they would kill them. They didn't care if a woman was pregnant, they would kill her. And when Shamgar saw his nation under threat and attack and his family being threatened, he decided he had to do something about it. See, I, I hate it when us Christians see things going on around us and we say, oh, well, I'm going to stay out of that. We ought to do something about it. Uh, some of you may have saw on Facebook and uh, in the body, it bothers me. This kind of stuff bothers me. I, I know that many people that were anti-mask and the reason they were anti-mask was because they said, well, they're trying to take my freedoms away from me. Well, I'm not doing it just because they asked me to. If I do it, I do it because I'm trying to protect other people. That's why I do it, all right? So for me, it's not a political thing that they're telling me I have to do it, so I'm going to do it. I went into a gun store the other day. You got to love gun folks, and I'm a gun guy. But he said, I ain't wearing a mask. Look at that mask you got on your face. He said, they're making you do it. I said, no, no, they're not making me do it. And I said, man, I better get away from this guy. We'll be got into a political uh, discussion here to make it heated. So I'm just going to walk, walk away and, and go look over here. And so what I'm telling you, I'm not trying to make a political debate here, but with that mask and we see, and some people see it as an invasion, that people's privacy or people's rights are being invaded. Well, I want you to understand. I don't know about the mask, but what I do know is this. The church is under attack, ladies and gentlemen. This is not a secret. This happened long before a virus ever hit our land. The devil has been after the church for years and years, ladies and gentlemen. And any opportunity in history that he has to prod the church, he's going to try to do it. If he has any opportunity to shut down the church, he's going to try to do it. That is why in Nevada I was disturbed when I read the headlines just a couple days ago. And in Nevada, you know, they've made it to where you can't have groups of 50 or more in a church. Now this is the kicker. It does not matter. Their bars can be 50% capacity. So if it's big enough to hold 100 people and be 50%, then guess what? If it holds 200, they can have 100 in there. They're fine. Any retail store can have 50% of their capacity. You may have seen it on some of the restaurants when all of this was going on. They said 50% capacity for your well-being and your health. So if a restaurant can hold 300 people, we're going to let them have 150 people in here and they're all right. But to the church, Nevada voted on, you know what they said? They said no church, doesn't matter, any religious organization cannot have more than 50 people at any one time gathering together to worship. It doesn't matter if the building is 25,000 square feet. They have still kept those stipulations on religious organizations that they will get fined, they will be in trouble if more than 50 people, do you understand? That is a direct attack of the enemy, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm going to tell you like Shamgar, I'm not going to be quiet about it. I'm going to grab my weapon and I'm going to fight against hell. Come high water, I don't care. I'm going to fight against the wrongdoings in this country. Do you understand what I'm preaching to you today? So Shamgar said, his nation's under attack his family is threatened and he grabs the old ox goad he summons every bit of courage and faith that he can find deep down inside of him he goes and he takes his stand and says you are not going to kill my family you are not going to tear up my nation you are not going to tear up my community I've got an ox goad and I'm not afraid to use it I wish to God that somebody would grab the word of God that is more powerful than any axe goad. And when we get ready to fight our battles, we don't need weapons and we don't need ammunition. All that we need is the blessed word of God. And rightly divided, it will send the devil to flight. It will send a thousand demons to flight. Why don't we grab the word and go stand our ground, ladies and gentlemen? Use the word. So he grabs a hold of it. Today, there, you know, there may be somebody in here, you, you know, maybe you've been given a bad report. Maybe, maybe, maybe there's somebody in here, you're going through financial crunch. 
Maybe there's somebody in here that you got a bad report. You're having some health issues. I don't know what it is. Maybe you're just having a bad day, all right? Maybe your job is just aggravating the mess out of you. I want you to know something today, what Jesus said. Jesus said, and I want to remind you of it because it's in the Word, the book that we're fighting with. He said, with men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God, how many things? I love it. All things are possible. That means every situation. That means everything you go through. God protected Shamgar that day. And He brought him out of that situation. All because he trusted in the Lord. Can I tell somebody today... That if you'll grab the word of God and believe that it's still true. God's going to prove to you just like he did Shamgar. You are not going to have to fight for your nation alone. You are not going to have to fight for your family alone. There's going to be some brothers and sisters that are going to grab their sword too. And say let's go to battle with the devil. Let's go ahead and fight for what is rightfully ours. Oh God help me today. So today I doubt. I doubt. That any of us understand really where Shamgar is. I doubt any of you have 600 assassins after you. If you do, I'm probably going to send you to Lydia Baptist for a few months until you work it out. Some of you missed it. Some of you are still with me. Some of you I woke up. I said if you've got 600 assassins after you, I'm going to send you to Lydia Baptist for a couple months. When y'all get it worked out, you can come back to Gap Hill. But this guy has 600 angry men that are about... To kill him. This is powerful. It's it's, it's almost hard to believe, isn't it? When we read these stories, sometimes it's just hard for us to grasp. It's hard for us to understand or relate to them. So i got to get inside the head of this man. i got to figure out what was he doing that made him successful. What is he doing that gives him the right to be able to stand his ground with an axe code and win the battle? There's got to be a secret. And I think I found three of them this morning I'm going to share with you. Now watch this. So... He kills 600 men. So his odds are 600 to 1 that he will have success. Is everybody with me? Now, if you were to get your calculator out, it's going to say his rate of success is 0.00166666667. Can we just do like we used to do in school and round it up and say he's got 0.002% of winning this battle? How many of you want to bet on those odds? Not me. But Shamgar understands my Lord. I, I, let me get to it here. All right. So point number one. Point number one. He started where he was. He was probably on a farm in a field. He literally went from the cornfield to the battlefield. God doesn't care where you come from as long as you're willing to stand your ground and fight. All farmers welcome. All homeless welcome. It doesn't matter what family you're from. It doesn't just start where you are. He doesn't have a powerful position. He is a lowly farmer. In those days, farmers were lowly. But he realized that if anything is going to change in his future, concerning his purpose and the dream that God has given him for his life, his destiny, then he has to start where he is. See, there's all of us. I don't care who you are today. If you're honest, all of us have gotten to a place in our life that we wish that certain circumstances were different than they are. Anybody? I mean, have you found yourself? You were there and you thought to yourself, I really wish this wasn't so. I wish I could change this about my life. I just don't like it. It's nasty. I don't want it. There's things in our life that we would probably change if we could. But God says, I like to see people come from meager beginnings. I like to see people that don't have much. I like to see people that find themselves in a hopeless situation. I like to find people that have .002% but they get up and fight anyhow. Even though everybody looks and says you're fighting a losing battle, there's no way you're going to win. They get up and they say I'm going to start where I am. I am going to start where I am. Listen to me ladies and gentlemen. How many of you know Walt Disney? Anybody ever heard of that guy? Nobody? Nancy said she went back to Walt Disney World in 1978. I'm with you. Walt Disney was a very interesting guy. Now, according to his story, Walt Disney stuffed cotton in his ears. 
The reason that he did so is because his own father kept telling him the same resounding words over and over and over again. He said, you are wasting time drawing those cartoons, boy. Go get a real job. His art teacher said his, his drawings were absolutely ridiculous. And she looked at him one day, or he did, and said, Walt, flowers do not have faces. Because he was doing that, drawing that. He applied to be the cartoonist at the Kansas City Star and was turned down and said he told he had no talent. He then went to the Kansas City Journal and asked for a job and was again told, you're never going to make it, son. You have no talent. So out of desperation, instead of giving up, he decided he would start his own art studio in a dilapidated roach and rat infested warehouse on the roughest side of town because that's the only place he could afford to get started. One day he began to do his drawings and a mouse kept coming in and out of a little hole. He'd take a piece of bread, he'd throw it to the mouse. The mouse would move and venture further and further out. He'd wait a little while, and that rat come out. He'd throw him a piece of bread a little closer. The rat keeps getting braver and braver until Walt Disney says that he would actually sit while he was drawing. He would sit on top of the desk that he was drawing on to which he'd throw him little crumbs and feed him that bread. So one day he looked at the mouse and he thought, I'm going to draw the mouse. And so he drew the mouse, but instead of just drawing the regular mouse, he put big old ears on that mouse. And thus we have a little fellow by the name of Mickey Mouse. It is amazing that everything that came after that, he continued to draw. And his, his, his mind just was, was so amazing, so imaginative. He was drawing things nobody else could think of. Imagine if Walt Disney would have gotten the jobs that he tried out for. Perhaps today we would none know who Mickey Mouse was. Perhaps today we would none know any of those characters or anything to do with that. But I need you to understand for somebody in here today that when God has His hand on your life, do you hear what I'm telling you? According to Romans 8.28, there is never anything that goes on in your life that God is not working for your good. So even if you get down like Walt Disney did... You need to get back up. You need to start where you are. You don't need what somebody else has. You need to start right here, right now. Or either you're going to find yourself making excuses. See, even the rats can produce when God has you in the right place. Number one for success, start where you are. Secondly, Shamgar, he used what he had. Shamgar simply didn't... <laughs> Focus on what he didn't have. He focuses on what he does have. And that's a wooden pole with a steel point called an ox code. He says, you know what? I'm not going to focus on what I do not have. So often we do that, don't we? Don't we so often get to the place that we look at what other people have and we forget how good we've got it? Have you ever looked at another car, another house, or something somebody else has got and you thought, man, must be nice. I wish I had that one. That nice convertible. Yeah, baby, I wish I had that. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. You need to be content with what you already have. I'm not telling you God can't bless you with more because God can. He can bless you and give you so much increase you won't even be able to handle it all. Do you hear what I'm telling you today? I'm not telling you that, but what I'm telling you is you have to be willing to work with what you have. Listen, God has given me something. God has given you something. He gave Shamgar something. It was nothing to most. To most people, when he showed them a stick with a point on it and said, I'm going out to fight today, they would have looked at him and said, you have lost your ever-loving mind. But he went out there with a stick. He used it and God blessed him. That's how I feel about the Bible. God has given us something to win our battles with. I would to God that we would pick up this blessed book again and use it because we do not understand the power and the anointing that is in the black and white in this book. We don't grab it. People may laugh at me and say, what are you going to do with that? Well, let me tell you something, honey. I can quote this book to you and God can, can bring a miracle. I was thinking of this the other day. There was a story of this, this elderly couple. I'll never forget it. I heard it when I was a kid. 
And speaking of the word and its life-saving power. And I'll never forget it because our, our pastor is telling us that they were being robbed. And the old man, of course, feeble. He, he couldn't fight. They were up in, up in their age. And so he didn't even try to put on a physical fight. He just says, I'll give you my money. We'll give you our money, whatever you want. Give you my money. So he hands him his wallet. Looks at his wife. Says, honey, it's okay. Just, just give me your purse. To which she gives him the purse. And as they're walking away like criminals do. He pulls out a gun and shoots the old man. The old man falls to the ground. I mean, he's, he's an old guy. I mean, it knocked him slap out. He wakes up. His wife says, honey, are you all right? Honey, are you all right? He reaches in and he realizes that there's a little New Testament Psalms and Proverbs Bible down in his pocket. And the bullet didn't penetrate his skin because the word of God had saved him. I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, you've got something powerful in the word of God. So instead of worrying about what you don't have, why you can't succeed, why you can't win this battle, why you can't overcome, you need to grab the word of God just like Shamgar grabbed the ox goad and say, Satan, not today. Get thee behind me. Thus saith the Lord, hallelujah, and you will have success. I promise you that much. So the fact of the matter is I hurry alone is that Shamgar's resources, they really are limited. You may say, if I only had more resources or if I had more talents or gifts of somebody else, I could do this thing. Shamgar didn't have anything spectacular. As a matter of fact, all that he has is just this, this little oxcode. But this Otsko become a weapon of mass destruction because that day he would kill 600. Are y'all with me? 600. Now, now, if he'd have killed six people, Adam, on the ark, pretty bad boy. But 600 with a stick? Are, are, are y'all with me? Can, has anybody comprehended this yet, or am I the only one that's still trying to grasp it? A little sharp point that he prods his oxes with and he kills 600 men with that. A weapon of mass. I'm going to put it into perspective. In the year 1947, it was called the Texas City Disaster. A fire on board the cargo ship SS Grand Cap docked at Texas City in 1947. It detonated 2,300 tons of ammonium nitrate, a compound that's used in fertilizers and high explosives. The explosion literally blew two planes out of the sky, triggered a chain reaction that detonated nearby refineries as well as a neighboring cargo ship carrying another 100 tons of ammonium nitrate. The disaster killed roughly 600 people and is generally considered to be the worst industrial accident in U.S. history. All of that killed 600 people. And little Shamgar killed the same amount with a stick and a little steel point about yay big. Are y'all still with me today? What I'm telling you is use what you have, ladies and gentlemen. You don't need anything else. And point number three, my closing point, he did what he could do. See, that's what you need to do. Do what you can do. God hasn't called you to do what I do. God hasn't called you to do what your neighbor does. God has called you to do what you do. God wants you to take what you start where you are. Use what you have. And then do what you can do. But pastor, I can't. I just can't. I mean, look at the odds that are stacked against me. I got a .002% chance that I'm going to succeed. See, this is what you need to understand. God will do what you Cannot do. Point zero zero two percent, and God says, "I'll do ninety nine point nine eight 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 percent." That is what I am gonna do for you. So don't you dare give me the excuse of what you cannot do. You do what you can to the best of your ability. As we talked uh, the other week about excellence, you do it as good as you can. And then when you run short on resources, God steps in and says, "I got the rest, buddy. I got the." Do, do, do y'all not think that Shamgar, after fighting 600 people, was tired? I mean, don't you think? I mean, my gosh, after 10 people, this guy's got to be breathing heavy, begging for some water or something. You know what I'm saying? Give me a Red Bull, something or not. I need some energy. But God stepped in and said, Shamgar, mm -mm. 
You hold on to that ox goad. I'm going to give you that other 99 plus percent power and strength to accomplish this goal. Because you were willing to step up and stand up and stand and speak out against the wrongdoings of the enemy. You refused to allow your nation to stay under threat without you standing up against it. You refused to just sit there in a corner scared like other people did. You wanted to fight when nobody else would. And because you've been faithful and because you've trusted me to Today I'm going to show you my power and I will be glorified through you today. My God, my God. What a difference obedience can make. Oh God, if we could just grasp the fact that God is on our side. And that's all we need. That's all we need. There was a professional baseball player. You may have remembered him. His name was Billy Sunday. Anybody remember him? Really good, really good ball player. He got saved, became a born-again believer. Billy Sunday decided he, would, decided he would leave money and fame, wealth, all the things that came with that. He left it behind. And guess what he went and did? Can y'all believe it? He became a preacher. Oh, Billy Sunday started preaching. Why would you leave all that money behind? Look at the blessings you had. Look at the fame you had. I mean, he was literally a rising star. Look up his history. He's a great baseball player. Would have been even greater. Well, went down the pages of some of the greatest of all time, but he chose to go preach. But while he was preaching, he was invited one day to go to Charlotte, North Carolina, where a group of businessmen were meeting together. The meeting was so successful, the businessmen said, we will support you if you would just keep sending people from your evangelistic association to keep the revival going on in Charlotte. So he did. Soon Billy sent a man by the name of Mordecai Ham. Mordecai Ham went to Charlotte, North Carolina and began to preach. In the middle of his sermon, there was a 17-year-old lanky teenager in the back of the building that decided to walk down the aisle and give his life to Christ. That young boy's name was Billy Graham. Billy Graham would win more people to Jesus Christ than probably anyone in our lifetime. And it's all because Billy Sunday did what he could. He did what he could. And God blessed him. And because of Billy, Billy Sunday and because of Mordecai Ham, the man Billy Graham came to Jesus Christ. Listen, you may ask, what can I do? I can't do anything like that. You can pray. Hallelujah. Listen, we want all the prestigious jobs. We want to be in the spotlight. But God says, first, you've got to be willing to pray. First, you've got to be willing to be in a secret place. God, help us, help us, help us. There may be people who will not give you the time of day, but I promise you one thing. They can make no defense against your prayers. Your prayers can go into a bar. Your prayers can go into the jail cell. Your prayers can go into the crack house. Your prayers can go anywhere and everywhere. Everywhere. For Jesus said, whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Do you hear what I'm preaching to you? You've got to simply do what you can. And God does the rest. So it's a formula for success. We start where we are, use what we have, this is what I need you to grab. And then we do what we can and God blesses us. There's some people that sit back and say, well, I'm just going to I'm just going to sit back here and wait on God to do something. And then when God does something, I'm going to walk through the door. Let me tell you something, honey. You are going to be sitting there until Jesus comes. Because that's not what God's called you to do. God's not going to just going to let you sit on your rump and, and, and wait on Him to bring everything to pass. You got to get up and you got to do what you can for the kingdom of God with what you have. Your limited resources and all, you have to use it for Him. And He will bless you. He'll bless you. So here goes our formula for success. I, w I, w I want to ask you one thing, and I'll close with this. There, there, a, few, a few months back, I think it was the first week of April, I preached a sermon about um, just a stick. Anybody remember that? I brought a stick that day, and I was throwing it, so Miss Phyllis, I decided I didn't want to bring an ox go, because sometimes I get excited. I mean, pride and stuff. I better just leave that one at home. You know what I'm saying? But I brought that stick in here. Matter of fact, Sandra made it may, is this still in your office? If the cleaning lady hasn't thrown it away, so Sandra took it, it's sitting up in her office. It's just a stick every Monday at Bud's. No, no, I'm just kidding. Like Aaron's rod. But 
<clears throat> no, but serious. And so, what is in your hand? That's, that's, that was the point of that sermon. What is in your hand? And when I think about Shamgar, he, he has an ox goat in his hand. But, but I'm going to tell you two of the greatest things that God has given us is desire and dreams. Can I tell you what a dream is in short? It is a, an incredibly powerful thing because it is dreams that motivate us. It is dreams that when we don't feel like moving, they move us. Because we want to accomplish those dreams. That's why I tell somebody in here today, if you don't have something you're dreaming about, I'm begging you by the grace of God, get something to dream about. Please do it. Because if you don't, you're going to get lazy. You're going to sit back. You're not going to do anything. You're going to live a life of regrets looking back saying, I wish I should have, could have, would have. I never did. You've got to have a dream to push you forward so that you can achieve it. Not only does he have an axe go, but he has a dream of God. It is powerful. It comes with one word that I'd like to call enthusiasm. I don't think that Shamgar got up that morning and said, Well, I guess I'm going to go out here and fight today against these Philistines. I mean, the bottom line is I'm probably going to die anyhow. Ain't no way I'm going to win this battle. Anybody think he said that? I believe he got up and said, bless God, today's the day. God's on my side. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to win this battle. His family is at stake. His nation is at stake. His church is at stake. He has a passion with far too much to lose. He's got enthusiasm. And when you look at the word enthusiasm, it means from the Greek entheos, which means in God. So in other words, if you are in God and God is in you, then brother, you will succeed. Do you understand? So when you get ready to do what God wants you to do, you do it with enthusiasm. You should be turbocharged about your life. You should be excited. You belong to God's kingdom. You're his child. So you simply start where you are. You use what you have. You do what you can. With God, all things are possible. And if we never forget that, then we understand that we're going to succeed. Let's stand in the house of God as I close today. I, I, I need you to get that in your spirit today. I need somebody to reach deep down. And you need to stir up the gift of God that is inside of you that maybe has laid dormant for a while. Please don't say I'm a little old and I'm just waiting to slide in the home base. What you may not understand is that the gift inside of you, if you stir it up, your greatest contribution may be waiting inside of you. The greatest thing you've ever done. I don't care your age. It may be inside of you. You may be about to give a contribution to the world that's going to change history. God may use you to do that, ma'am. God may use you to do that, sir. Dig deep. Stir up a gift that's inside of you. Dream again. What are you going to do with the rest of your life? What, what are you going to do? Are you just going to come to church so Jesus comes back? Or do you want to make a difference in the world? Do you want to be somebody that people remember as somebody that made a difference? Or do you just want to be a mediocre Christian? A mediocre guy that never did anything but live and die? I need somebody to raise up right within your spirit right now. Stir up the gift that God's given you. And I need you to understand these three steps. Grab it. Ask him to show you what he wants you to do. And then you start to do it. And let me show you what you do. Are you ready? Number one. This is your point. You start where you are. All right. You don't need to wait. Start now. You need to use what you have. I don't care how limited your resources may seem. And then you need to do what you. This is so important here. What you can do. When you do those three things, let me tell you something. They are secrets for success. And a guy named Shamgar with an ox goat is the one that gave us those that we could talk about today. Father, I thank you right now in the name of Jesus for this congregation. I thank you that you are more powerful and more great. You are able to do all things but fail. So, Father, I'm asking you right now in the name of Jesus that you would bless this congregation today. I'm praying that you would speak peace, Lord. I pray that you would let us realize that success is ours if we'll just trust you. Let us remember today. I want somebody to remember 0.002% that I'm going to succeed. Well, how am I going to win? Because God's going to fill in the other 99% when I simply do what I can do, use what I have, do it the best of my ability. You're going to bless me and I will be successful. 
So today we pray for these families that success would find them. For that we give you praise and glory. Grab the mic.